again, I guess I should say. So, so this morning as we continue this series, The Characters of Christmas, um, and in keeping with the Advent message of the shepherd's candle and of the theme with joy, today we're going to see how joy was ushered into the Christmas story through the shepherds. And the shepherds, you know, remember, they're the most coveted part of any Christmas story, especially for young boys. Well, really, not really, you know. I remember growing up as a kid, and you'd sit there, and it would be time for the music director and the children's ministry to do the Christmas carol and do the, you know, we're going to put on this big Christmas production. And they'd ask all of us young boys to go ahead and bring in an old overcoat. So we'd bring in this old overcoat, and immediately, what were we told? Great, you're going to be a shepherd. So we were shepherds, which was actually pretty good, because if you look at in most of the stories, the shepherds have no lines, which is actually perfect for a young kid like me who was shy, who was afraid to come up and speak in public. So I'm glad I got over that. But it was like the perfect spot and the perfect place for me to be in the Christmas story. And you know, I really grew up thinking that the shepherds were just this minor little part. But lately, as I've continued to read more and more through the Gospels, I've realized that the shepherds play a big part in the Christmas story. And this morning, we're going to see exactly how the shepherds bring that joy into the Christmas story, and hopefully we can learn from them how we can bring joy into this world. So today we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Uh, This passages will also be up here on the screen, but if you don't have a Bible and you want to read along with us, you can find the Bible in the back of the pew, and in that Bible you can find Luke chapter 2 on verse 1179. And I will tell you, if you're watching online today, you will actually see the verses come across the bottom of the screen. So whether you're watching live today or you're watching a video later, the verses will actually be on the screen. But I encourage you to always have a Bible with you, a place where you can take notes, whether it's in your Bible or on a piece of paper next to it, where you can take notes. So as we continue to move... Let's go ahead and dig into what God's Word says in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Christ, the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, 
which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they said, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all of those who heard it marveled at those things that were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, and it was told as it was told them. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we're able to come and study your word. And Lord, may you open up our hearts so we may receive what it is you want us to receive from this day. And Lord, may my words glorify your name and we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So the story starts out and we see that the shepherds are in the field. And I would say they were actually joyfully in the field doing what they were called to do. And it's interesting, you know, for years I had to understand that these shepherds were just your average everyday shepherds. But that isn't what these shepherds actually were. There's actually different kinds of shepherds and they did different jobs or different tasks. And I'll get into the difference between these shepherds and other shepherds in just a little bit. But it's interesting, some of the first things we gloss over is the first verse in chapter 8. And chapter 8 says, now, they, uh, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. So as you look at this, you're like, they were in the same country. What country? You know, if you pick this up and just immediately start reading in, chapter, in verse 8, you're wondering what country this is. Well, you have to go back, and just before this is what we studied on Wednesday night, where we see that Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem. So the country that the shepherds are in is outside of Bethlehem. And remember, Bethlehem is the same region, and it's just a little hamlet just south of Jerusalem. And this is where we find them because, of course, this is where Mary and Joseph were told to go, where they had to go for the census, and where Jesus is born. So it's that same reason, uh, region. And, you know, we often think of Bethlehem as where Christ was born. But there's so much more biblically that hap actually happens in Bethlehem that we'll dig into a little bit today. But it is the place that God came as Emmanuel. God with us. So we do know that for sure. And we know that God spoke through an angel to the shepherds in Bethlehem or just outside of Bethlehem. And it's interesting as you go through the Bible and even way back in Genesis chapter 35 verse 15, we see where God spoke to another shepherd. And he spoke to Jacob and he said, and Jacob called the name of the place where God spoke with him Bethel. Now, a lot of people will take this Bethel as Bethlehem. Unfortunately, it is not. Um, this Bethel actually sits to the north of Jerusalem, and Bethlehem is on the south. But what it does show is that God has talked to shepherds numerous times in the past. And of course, we know that Jacob, he then called Israel, and he said that, you know, when he changed his name to Israel, that God would bless all the nations through him. He also told Jacob that Jesus, the Messiah, 
would come out of his line or his lineage. And that's ultimately what we end up seeing. Now kind of getting back to the shepherds, these shepherds were joyfully on duty as their role was not regular shepherds. Their job or what they did is they would look over the lambs or the sheep used for worship inside the temple. You see, Bethlehem was the place where the sheep and the lamb were raised for temple worship. And these shepherds were the ones who actually would watch over these lambs to ensure they were without blemish. And it's interesting that as a shepherd being out in the field, they would have been dirty, they would have been basically considered unclean and not able to go into the temple for worship. But look at the job they had. They were the ones ensuring that these lambs were without blemish. They were the ones making sure that the worship inside the temple would be worth worshiping and worshiping for God. And to me, it's a critical part in in this story. Because you see, Bethlehem, as we know, was the place actually where these lambs were raised. And as we we continue to look through this, and we see the... The shepherds are basically watching over their flock at night. And in my mind, I would say if I was watching over the lambs that ensured the worship of God was being done right, I'd be joyful. I'd be very pleased with being able to do that, being a part of what God's plan was. So I believe they were joyful in their work. And so here they are one night doing what they've done every night for years before and probably for years coming up, serving with joy, and then an angel makes an entrance. And you see that in verse 9, it says, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Imagine this angel's entrance. Imagine if you were there. It simply says the angel appeared. And Luke is very good on, you know, explaining and giving details, except, of course, Wednesday night we found out there wasn't a whole lot of detail about the innkeepers. But Luke is always detailed on what he does. And we notice that it says he appeared. It isn't like the angel just approached. Remember, these were shepherds watching over, taking care of their sheep. It's not like the angel appeared in the distance and started walking towards them. And, you know, as they're walking towards them, you kind of get, hey, Bob, you know who that is coming at us? No, hey, is that Jim coming? Hey, you know what? Maybe it's my dad. I told him I was going to be out all night and I was going to be taking care of the sheep. Maybe he's coming to check up on us. That's not what it says. It says he appeared. It appeared. And the Greek word actually used here is not just a showing up. It implies that he showed up with a purpose. Showed up with a purpose and with power. And you know he, though, there's no way he would have been able to sneak up on them because they were watching. So it says they appeared, the angel appeared because that's how it happened. So out there doing their job and boom, the angel is right there. He appeared to them, he stood among them in boldness. And with his authority. And you know, this definitely does not explain the same type of angel that we see in a Christmas story or 
um, inside a wonderful life that appears to George Bailey. You know, this angel comes with power. And we see that God's message is coming with clarity. And God's messengers throughout the Bible always bring a message and bring clarity to something. And next week, we're actually going to dig into the angels, as next week it will be the topic of our characters of Christmas. So we're really going to look into these messengers. And the next thing I want to note is actually the appearance of the angel. You think about the appearance of the angel, and it says, the glory of the Lord shone around them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. You know, I talked about it a little bit on Wednesday night. One of the things I really enjoyed doing when I grew up, when I was growing up, was going camping. I loved to go camping. I enjoyed it, except when I had to go with my mom and my sisters to Girl Scout camp. But other than that, I really enjoyed camping. I enjoyed camping as I got older. And I think maybe it was God's way of kind of getting me prepared for when I went to the Marine Corps. Because, you know, I was like out in the woods from Monday through Friday. Of course, I really wouldn't consider that camping, but, you know, there's times that we weren't doing stuff and we actually, like, set up tents and camped. And I remember one night up in North Carolina, we were just out doing some training and had all the tents set up and we had a big bonfire. And we were just sitting there looking at that bonfire during the night. It was getting late, so everyone decided, hey, we're going to go to bed. They headed off to their tents. And I said, you know what, I'll take care of the fire tonight. I'll put the fire out. Y'all go ahead and go. You know, one thing I enjoy is just sitting, just watching a fire. It's mesmerizing, what, you know, just watching it. So I sat there for a little while just watching this fire, thinking about the day. And it finally got to the point of, okay, I need to go ahead and go to bed. And I put the fire out and I started leaving that area. And as I was walking in the darkness, I realized it wasn't that dark. And I looked up in the sky, and there must have been a million stars in the sky. And this big full moon that just lit up the sky. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, God created this. And I can tell you, if you ever want to see that many stars, you need to get away from the city. you got to get away from the city lights and all the clutter. But then on top of it, as I was looking up at all this, there was a meteor shower going on, and it was just Gorgeous to see all of this wonder and all this splendor of God and what he created. And I went and I woke up some of my buddies and we came out and we just watched this for a while. And it was awesome just seeing it. But I don't think it compared to what the shepherds saw. The glory of God shone around them. One of my bucket list items is to go see the northern lights. You know, I've seen all these pictures and it just looks absolutely amazing. I don't think that compares to what the shepherds saw that night. I don't think it compares to the glory of God that shone around them. You know, growing up, most of us have been to concerts with great light shows. We've been to outstanding fireworks shows. I still don't think they compare to what the shepherds saw that night. The beauty of God that, we're, that we see through His creation I still don't think covers what they saw with the glory. And let that sink in for a moment. With everything we've seen, the shepherds are out there in the field doing what they've done every day, thinking it's another normal night, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. 
I can imagine that is much better than anything we've ever seen or anything we may see moving forward. You think the angel had their attention? I think he had their perfect attention. Their eyes were just focused on him. And now let's listen to what the angel said in verses 10 through 12. It says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign uh, this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. You see, these words are packed with a proclamation that are filled with joy, a promise, and also a sign. Words of joy and words of comfort to the shepherds. You ever hear God speak to you? You ever read through His Word? And then words just jump out of the page. Or maybe you listen to a song or you hear a message and God just speaks to you through that. Has the Holy Spirit ever just whispered in your ear? Just whispered in your ear and whispered words of joy to keep you going through a day? Can you imagine the shepherds? They were shown God's glory and it had been hidden away for years. There hadn't been signs from God for years. Only select few who would be in the temple of God may see His glory. The shepherds, lonely, unclean, out in the North 40, got to see the glory of God. And it's no wonder that the first words of that angel were, fear not, because joy is coming. Fear not. Because joy is coming. And I think that's something that we need to take to heart each and every day. Are you experiencing fear during this Christmas time? God's Word says, fear not, joy is coming. Or maybe you're experiencing something coming up, a surgery or something coming up in your life. God's Word says, fear not, joy is coming. Whatever we go through in life, we need to fear not because joy is is coming. The shepherds saw joy that night. And you got to understand the shepherd, the angel wasn't only telling the shepherds this. It's good news that requires, or you know, maybe it's going to bring or maybe even better will usher in great joy. And did you catch it? It's for all people. It's for all people. It wasn't just for the shepherds. It's not just for Mary and Joseph. It's not just for the wise men. This joy is for all people. It's for all of us. It's for you and it's for me. These words of joy given to the shepherds that night were for us. And so many times we miss it. We miss that joy that we should have in our lives each and every day that we can give from the Lord. You know, in this series of the characters of Christmas, we've seen hope through Zacharias and Elizabeth. We've seen faith through Mary and Joseph. And today we get to see joy through the shepherds. And you see, we see there's a difference between 
with these words of joy that we get this promise. We get a promise from God. And a promise from God is so much different than a promise from a friend. You see, I've had friends promise me things. And it never happened. But you see, when God promises us something, it's going to happen. And there's a promise that comes that the shepherds get to be a part of through this story. It's the promise of the long-awaited Messiah. Telling them that the Messiah would be born. And the angel says, today, today that angel was born. Uh, Today the Messiah was born. He gets to tell this to the shepherds. And the moment that the man fell into sin, God set a plan to send his son to come and be born and to die for us for our sins and to come as Emmanuel, God with us. And the angel is telling them that that promise is fulfilled. It was fulfilled today. There was a baby born in Bethlehem. So they get to see this baby and they get to see how this promise came through. It was in the city of David. It was born of a virgin. And every other promise that, uh, about the Messiah was delivered that night. And the angel announced it to shepherds. The Messiah brings in an excitement that cannot be contained. The baby known as the Christ was the fulfillment of the promises of God. And it's no wonder why it was joyful. It was the words of joy and the words of promise, and finally the angel's proclamation was finished off with the words of a sign. Yeah, and, the, and this will be a sign for you is what it says. And this will be a sign for you. Shepherds of the temple lambs, this sign is for you. A sign, basically a seal of the proclamation, and it makes, it makes that proclamation trustworthy. And it's also important to know that the angel actually used three different signs of fulfillment in this passage. The first one he said was Savior. And of course, Savior, the Greek translation, refers to someone that's going to rescue us. And we know that he came for us for our sin and to rescue us from our sins and remove us from the danger of eternal life, of eternal uh, destruction for our own lives. They then used the word Christ, better known as Messiah. And the promised one throughout the Old Testament, the promised one that will bring us and bring in and usher a new kingdom. You know, remember the Jewish people were looking and waiting for a conqueror to deliver them from their oppression. And finally, they used the word Lord. It's interesting the same title that Caesar gave himself to compare himself and make himself be a God, the child of God had arrived. The Lord Jesus Christ came in the flesh. And then if one angel wasn't enough, we see a host of angels come in. And it says in verses 13 and 14, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Imagine this, that's the first flash mob. You know what a flash mob is? (laughs) That is basically the first flash mob. And I can imagine these angels watching from heaven and hearing the angel down there giving a proclamation to the shepherds, just waiting, 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 you know, waiting for that part to be part of that big flash mob. And God said, go. 
And all of a sudden, they all showed up. And they all start praising God. Suddenly, the voices, they're surrounded by all of these voices singing and proclaiming praise to God for all He has done, everything that He will do. Man, that had to be the greatest flash mob. Now, I've seen some good flash mob videos, but that had to be a good flash mob. That had to be the greatest of all time. You know, and then just as quickly as the angels appeared, they were gone. They left after completing their task, and they returned to heaven. And of course, now the narrative turns back towards the shepherds. And in verses 15 and 16, it says, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. It's interesting here you see the shepherd's response. And I think the shepherd's response should be our response. And the shepherd's response really is no surprise. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go and see. I wonder if they're still a little bit in shock. You know, me, I probably still would have been a little bit in shock and probably would have been pinching myself. Hey, did I just have a dream? What's really going on here? And even through their shock, let's go, let's see. Our response should be that same way. Let's go and let's see. What is this that was told to us? The shepherd's response was clear. They had a plan. There was a plot. And finally, the praise that was due was clearly executed through the shepherds to usher in the greatest event of all times. Let's go. Let's go and see. You know, and I really don't think at this point in the narrative that the shepherds truly understand what really had happened. I believe they knew something had happened, but I'm not sure they fully understood the magnitude of what had happened. You know, you see this flash mob of angels, and all of a sudden they're saying, you know, a child? The Messiah? A king? Let's go and see for ourselves. Let's go and see for ourselves what has been revealed for us. You know, you can definitely tell these weren't a group of Baptist shepherds. Because if they were Baptist shepherds, what would they have had to do? They would have had to, com- they would have, had to have a committee. And then once the committee got together, after the committee got together, they would have had to get the church together, and they would have had to have a vote to see who got to go. So apparently this must have maybe just been a small group, maybe a Bible study. Because they just decided, let's go and see. And they just went and saw. You know, and I can't help but wonder, what happened to the sheep? If they're there and their job is to guard the sheep, what happened to the sheep? And it's interesting, they all went, it's interesting. Because actually when we look, and you look at the Christmas story and the Bible stories, and you look at all these different nativity scenes, and they all have sheep. So did they take the sheep with them? See, and I really don't think they could have taken the sheep with them because it says they went in haste. Have you ever tried to get a sheep to move in haste in the direction you want it to move? It's not going to happen. So I really don't think that sheep went with them. And really, the, the sheep aren't part of the story. It's more about the shepherds. So I really don't think that they actually went with them. 
And, you know, I think it's interesting that what they were looking at is this joy that had come. Emmanuel, God, was here. He was there with them. They knew where they were going. And, you know, there's a belief out there that makes good sense to me that these shepherds knew exactly where to go. And the sign was a dead giveaway. Because if you remember, the angels didn't tell them all that they said was in Bethlehem. It didn't tell them where. And in, in our Western culture, we hear a manger and we automatically assume, you know, we kind of picture a barn or we picture something, you know, maybe even a feeding trough. But it's interesting, they weren't told, they were just told in Bethlehem. But I think the reason they knew it is because of the sign that they were given. A babe would be found in the manger, wrapped in clothes. You know, and I think these shepherds were all too well, all knew too well what a newborn wrapped in clothes looked like. Remember, they watched over the lambs for the temple. And I believe they knew exactly where to go, where the baby Jesus would be, because it was the same place that they would take a newborn lamb, wrap it in clothes, and place it so that it could remain unblemished. So I really believe in, in my own, is they knew exactly where to go. It's someplace that they'd been a thousand times. And here the Messiah is being born, and they knew where to go. And we know they didn't have to travel far. They knew where to go because of the sign that had been given to them. And it goes on in verses 17 through 20 to say, Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all of those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. See a comparison between Mary and the shepherds here? Mary pondered. Mary pondered all the things that were being said. The shepherds told everyone they could. They told everyone they could about what they were told and about what they had seen. They didn't keep it to themselves. They heard the message. They saw the message in action, which led them to praise and to tell the message. We should do that each and every day, just like these shepherds. This news would have been a top Twitter feed back in the day. It would have been on every news station, would have been on every podcast, every internet site you went to. You know, I even imagine that if the shepherds had cell phones. They probably would have been texting everyone that they could. Hey, the baby, the Messiah has been born. Maybe taking selfies with baby Jesus. You know, send them out to everybody. This was big news. And they were part of it. The message of great joy that the Messiah brought to the shepherds, their life would never be the same. You even think about it, here, the Messiah being born, were these shepherds going to be out of a job? The Lamb of God had come into the world. 
to take the place of the sacrificial system. These shepherds, their job was to watch over the lambs for the sacrifice. They were no longer needed. But they had joy knowing that the Messiah had come. They were filled with that joy and went and told everybody about it. It says they went back glorifying God. That's the kind of joy we should have. We should have that joy. Let me ask you a couple questions. Just something for you to think about. What has brought joy into your heart? What has brought joy into your heart? And secondly, are you missing joy? Are you missing joy in your life? You see, these two questions are completely opposite each other. We see that the shepherds experienced true joy that morning as they heard the words from the angel. They saw the Christ child. They saw Emmanuel, God with us, dwelling among them. And their life in that moment was filled with joy. Filled with joy. Filled with compassion because Christ had come. As Christ followers, we should have that same feeling. Christ has come. God is with us. He brings that joy in every situation. And what do we need to do? We need to go tell it. We need to go tell the difference that God has made in our life because of the joy that he's brought into our life despite things that we may have done. He came into this world as a baby in a manger for us because he loved us that much. That is a reason to be joyful. That is a reason that we should spread that joy to everyone we come in contact with and be like the shepherds who, here's everything we saw, here's what the angels told us. We saw this flash mob, look at, and they went and told everybody. Have you went and told anyone lately about the joy you have in Christ? Maybe it's because you don't have that joy in your life. Because life is getting in the way of your joy and stealing your joy. It's time for all of us to renew that joy. And a lot of times during Christmas season, this is when we try to ponder up and get all, oh, it's Christmas, i got to be joyful. And we get stressed out. Keep Christ in Christmas. He is the reason for the season and should bring us joy in everything that we do. He came in the world to rescue us from our sin and to restore our lives back to worshiping God. And that's what we got to get to. And it is the greatest gift that God has ever given to mankind. He sent His Son as a child to take the place of our sin. What a joyful moment for us. Christ walked among us for a short while, then became our Savior dying on the cross for us because He loved us that much. And that should bring great joy into each of our lives.